hockey fans, welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks, Volume 16. I'm your host, Chris Ivany, and my special guest today is from a place close to my heart, beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2003 and has played in six professional hockey leagues throughout his career, which has seen him lace him up all over the world. He's also been a winner, racking up an under-18 gold medal with Team Canada, a World Junior Gold and Silver, a Finnish League Championship, and in 2019, an EIHL Championship with Cardiff. It's my pleasure to welcome to Across the Pond Hockey Talks, Stephen Dixon. How are you, Steve? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking some time to talk to me. So uh, you're currently locked up in Halifax right now. What are you, what are you doing to pass the time? Yeah, I'm back home now and uh, kind of doing anything to keep busy, really. Uh, they just kind of lifted, lifted some regulations now so we can you know, go to parks and, and golf and stuff like that. So spending, uh, spending a lot of time outside just trying to trying to get through everything right no i'm sure it's a welcome sight to be outside right now after spending so much time indoors um yeah so you grew up in halifax west area was it clayton park somewhere around that area uh no i grew up like west end west so right end. around uh, right around the halifax form okay cool so yeah. uh any siblings uh no just me just Only you child all right well yeah. tell me a little bit about your childhood and uh, some of some of your hobbies growing up yeah, so like I said, I grew up in the west end of Halifax, and uh, yeah, I went to Oxford School growing up, and we had, uh, you know, a real fun neighborhood. We had, uh, you know, there was a lot of kids around, and, you know, we spent a lot of days playing, uh, you know, road hockey and baseball, rugby, all that stuff, so we were always doing something uh, something involved with sports, and that's kind of how we passed our time. Sounds like a lot of uh, Nova Scotia boys, the same same type of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So when did hockey become a part of your life, Steve? Um, you know, I was pretty young when I started. I think uh, I got on skates probably when I was two or three and uh, kind of never looked back from then. Got in, uh, I started Timbits, I think I was four years old. And, uh, you know, my dad was into hockey and... and uh, you know, people in my family. So, you know, it was just kind of the thing to do back then. And all my friends were into hockey and, uh, you know, something I really enjoyed. So, so it was kind of, you know, the thing to do. And, you know, my dad used to have the, uh, outdoor rink for us in the winters and nice, you know, got a lot of, a lot of miles on that over the years. That's awesome. So I know you were really, uh, you were a really good player since you were, since a really young age. Let's talk about um, your midget AAA season that led you to being a first-round pick for the Eagles. Now, you only played one year in midget AAA, and, and you made the most of it with uh, 30 goals, 30 assists, and 30 games. Tell me a little bit about that season and uh, how you managed to put up those numbers in your first year in midget AAA. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, that was, as a player, it was probably one of the, you know, the funnest seasons I've had just because, you know, a lot of those guys on the team are, are still, you know, my best buddies. And, uh, you know, the rink was right up the street from my parents. So, you know, I could walk to practice. And uh, uh, we had a great coach there, Kevin Meisner. And, I mean, it's all about opportunities, right? And, mm -hmm. and he gave me, uh, you know, a great opportunity. You know, you get put in positions to, to put up points. And, you know, I was pretty grateful for that. You know, coming in. I was underage, so, you know, when you're jumping up a level, playing against a lot bigger guys, I mean, you're kind of, you don't know how it's going to work out, right? You know, you hope for the best, but, yeah. you know, we, I had a lot of chemistry with uh, with guys on the team that I played with previously, and just everything seemed to click that year, and, and uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to go, to go to Cape Breton high in the draft. Yeah, so what was that like? I mean, the whole draft process, were you at the draft? Was it in Quebec at the time? Yeah, it was in Quebec. Uh, I was up in Montreal. So, um, you know, it's funny, you know, as a kid, you, you, you know, we don't have an NHL team here, obviously. Right. So growing up, you're watching the Mooseheads and the Eagles and stuff. And, you know, that's kind of like your NHL, right? Those are totally you know, the guys you look up to and. Um, I never really thought about it that much 
kind of until we, we had a tournament in Drummondville. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a heavily SCOTA tournament. And mm-hmm. I remember after that, like, my coach kind of started talking to me a bit about the draft and that type of stuff. But it was something I never really thought about. And, you know, it is quite a process. So once you get up to the draft and, you know, you get interviewed by all the teams. And, I mean, you're still 15 years old, so it's it's kind of a cool experience, right? Of course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anytime you're in a situation like that, it's got to be exciting. Were you were – you, did you have hopes of being drafted by Cape Breton or had you interviewed with them and talked to them or the Mooseheads? Like, what was your what was your thoughts going into the draft? Where did you think you were going? Yeah, I kind of talked to, talked to most of the teams, but uh, I remember I had a good meeting with Cape Breton and – talked to them quite a bit and I actually kind of had a feeling I was going to end up going there and you know it was a place that I really wanted to go you know in Nova Scotia yeah growing up you know we played in tons of tournaments in Cape Breton knew people there and uh, you know my mom was a teacher a school teacher so for her it was you know she wanted me in the the you know the my high school the English high school things like that so it worked out worked out great they got down to they were down almost every weekend for games when we played. So, yeah, it certainly worked out well. Especially, you seemed to walk into the Screaming Eagles at a time when when the team was, you know, on the rise. You know, I, I grew up in Cape Breton. I watched that team since day one. Uh, it seemed like a, a good few years and a great time to be uh, in Cape Breton. How much fun did you have playing in front of that crowd in Center Two Hundred? Oh yeah, I loved it. You know, my first year, you you came in and. Uh, you know, you're still young. I, I turned 16 that year in September. So in camp, you're still, you know, 15 years old. Looking back, it's pretty young, you know, if you're going up against uh, 20-year-olds. But yeah. I just remember the older guys were just great guys. You know, Stu McRae and Hunter Lahash was still there, Dom Noel. Yeah. I was living with uh, Pascal Morenci. Oh, yeah. Guys great. like Max Lassard. Pascal's going to come on. All these guys. Pascal's going to come on the podcast in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to, to chatting with him. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. He was a great guy for me to live with uh, as a young guy. He was a veteran guy at the time. And, yeah. you know, he, he played, always played hard and stuff. So it was he a was good a uh, fan favorite for sure. Yeah, he was a charismatic guy. He you know, sure he was. was. Yeah. He was a great guy for me because I was kind of a, you know, quiet. <laughs> Yeah, sixty-year-old, and he was a great guy to you know have me or take me around stuff like that. But so sixteen-year-old yeah, memories in oh uh, one oh two. You guys went pretty deep into the playoffs that year. You actually had eight points in sixteen playoff games. What was that like as a sixteen-year-old going on a nice little run in your first year in the queue? Yeah, it was pretty cool. We, uh, you know, the big series there is we we got matched up with Halifax and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were able to win that series, which was pretty, you know, pretty cool experience for me, just being from Halifax and being so young and having your, your friends and family at the games. And uh, during the, you know, during the series, I, I was mostly playing fourth line, but the odd time I'd get up on a line with uh, with Dom Noel. So I think that's where the points came from. He was on mm-hmm. fire. <laughs> yeah. He was on fire that playoffs. But no, it was just a great experience, the atmosphere and in Cape Breton in general was crazy then. So something, uh, something I look back on and, and, uh, you know, remember a lot. Of course. And you mentioned a couple of your teammates there and Dom and Stu McRae and Pascal, um, from all those experiences you have that first year, uh, who's the guy who stands out, who really took you under their wing and, and helped you get through that first year? Well, I think it was just all the guys. I think, uh, you know, we didn't have that many rookies that year. So it was, uh, you know, I was kind of the young guy and, and, you know, the guys like, uh, like I said, there, Stu and, and Georgie Davis and Dom Noel, like those guys were great with me, kind of brought me around and, you know, really made me feel part of it and, uh, became great friends with all those guys. And a lot of them, you know, still stay in, stay in touch now, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Definitely. But yeah, just as a whole, they were, they were all just, the older guys were just great guys with me. Certainly lucky. Uh, we're lucky in Nova Scotia to have two of the bigger Q markets um, in the league, I guess. So, you know, great crowds. And, and I'm sure it's, uh, it's a lot more fun for you get local guys to be playing uh, in front of your friends and family. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a big plus. And even, uh, 
you know, Sydney's not that far from Halifax either yeah. for me. So, like I said, you know, parents and friends and family, you know, someone was down every weekend, which, uh, you know, which is fun when you're that age. For sure. So you went on, you had four awesome years in Cape Breton. And after your first year, you were well over a point a game player. Uh, you gained a lot of valuable experience at the international level during your time in Cape Breton, um, which led you eventually to becoming a captain uh, in the queue uh, in your fourth year. How much did that mean to you, and, and who really helped you along the way to become the leader that you became? Uh, you know, I think just watching watching the older guys when I was younger, and uh, I think it was J.P. Cote was the captain when I first got there, and and uh you know guys like Stu and Dom and, and Hunter all these guys were uh just great leaders and and actually that year I was uh Demers was actually the captain he he ended up I think he had a double sports hernia so then I came in kind of like a replacement captain I guess mm-hmm. yeah. but he was out for a while and then uh it was funny actually I ended up getting a sports hernia oh, no. after after world juniors that year so yeah it was a bad year for for sports hernias that year that was the the year of the hernia yeah it must have been yeah but even uh you know we had great coaches there as well pascal i had pascal vincent Mm -hmm. uh my whole four years and i came in the same time with uh, blair joseph so even listening to those guys and you you could listen to blair all day oh yeah you just but you learn a lot uh you learn a lot from you know listening to those guys and and watching uh you know how they carry themselves. Yeah, certainly. Um, you were lucky, I think, to get to Cape Breton. I think it's a very well-run organization and uh, lots of su- support from the community. Yeah, it was great. And, and uh, when I first got there, uh, Greg Lynch was there. Yeah. The, when I first got drafted, and he was uh, just an unbelievable guy, and uh, really, really, I think put the put the team in the right direction. He certainly did. Um, yep. All right, let's let's talk about your time suiting up for Team Canada. So I know you you started out for the first time uh, with the under eighteen team, and then you went two years at the World Juniors. What was it like the very first time you threw that Canada jersey over your head? Yeah, the first time was um, it was the Halinka tournament. Um, it was the under eighteen tournament. It was it was before. Before the season, before my 17-year-old season, so that team was there was a big camp that summer, so they had all the all the players from across Canada, and then we went over to the you know I was lucky to make the team there, and then we went over to uh, Slovakia for this tournament, and yeah, just the first game putting the jersey on with uh, you know it's the first time you're you're around people yeah. from all across Canada really on the same team. And, just uh you know incredible feeling and uh you know we were able to to win a gold medal there and i I think that's really what started me off uh you know on the path to to being able to make the world junior team yeah you know following that season uh, um they had the under 18 world championships in in yaroslavl in russia yeah so that was um that was for for players i think you had to be knocked out of playoffs I think before the second round or, or something like that. So there were still a lot of guys from that that original team, and then uh, you know a bunch of bunch of new faces, and and uh, you know we didn't we didn't have the best. Well, supposedly we didn't have you know all the top guys because there was still still a lot of guys you know playing their playoffs for their club teams. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know we were able to go there and, and uh, win the world championship. For the under 18s, and and that was a, you know, a big moment. I think the following year we had the the World Junior Summer Camp, and you know we saw a lot of guys from that team end up going to camp there. So it was definitely, uh, you know, kind of you look back at the process, and it was all it was all part of it for sure. I'm just taking a look at the uh, the roster, the 2004 World Junior Team, and uh, I don't know, like um, <laughs> there's. There's been a lot of good teams from Canada in the World Juniors, but this one certainly stacks up talent-wise. It's unbelievable. From Anthony Stewart, Jeff Carter, Getzlaff, a 16-year-old Sidney Crosby, you had Mike Richards, 
Dion Phaneuf, Brent Seabrook, Max Talbot, Mark Andre Fleury, and Nets. I mean, this team was was pretty stacked. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about playing on that team and uh, how you found yourself uh, carving out a, a role on that team? Yeah, it, uh, I think for me it started in the uh, in the summer camp that year. So it was it was you know right after the draft and, and I ended up being you know a later round pick I was I think it was seventh round and you know I kind of went in and there wasn't too much pressure on me really you know because you know everyone else was you know very high draft picks and you know being a later pick is I just wanted to go have fun with it right and yeah you know see how it goes and I ended up having a great camp that summer and I think that uh really helped a lot with my confidence and kind of put me on the map for the team and and I had a great start that year in Cape Breton and uh you know from there you go to you go to the camp at Christmas and just kind of kept kept things rolling was able to you know make the team and you know you're just happy to happy to be there with all those all those great players of course it's incredible man um what was your role your first year when you were when you played for the in the world juniors yeah, it was more like, you know, fourth line, more of a penalty kill role, that type of thing, which, uh, you know, which was great. And Yeah. You've always you know, been known there, for your penalty killing. You've, it's one of, the, one of the best parts of your game. Yeah, I think that kind of all started kind of, uh, you know, with, the, with those national teams. Uh, yeah. You know, before that, I, I did, it, did it a bit, but not, uh, not a whole lot. But it's something that, uh, you know, you just take, take those roles and I think it uh you know it helps definitely when they're when they're picking a team and you can kind of contribute in different ways right so yeah well whatever it takes to make that team you're you're gonna do yeah, it yeah no you know you just try to do whatever you can really of course yeah so yeah. then uh you guys lost in 2004 um to the U.S. in the championship yep. game and then you came back the next year with a similar squad again you had Bergeron leading the way Getzlaff and Carter and Crosby and Corey Perry actually was on that team as well. Yeah, um, Perry was there. Yeah. yeah, Shea Weber actually as well. And it surprises me that Shea Weber didn't have a point in that series or in that tournament, sorry. Really, I didn't know that. He was a complete force, though. I mean, yeah. He was, uh, when you were watching him, it was he looked like uh, a man with boys some games, the exactly. way he was uh, controlling the play. Just an absolute But, yeah, beast. coming – Coming off the uh, the old four year, I think we had. Uh, I'm just guessing. I think it was maybe around twelve returning guys, yeah. something like that, at least ten. Yeah. So a lot of those guys, uh, you know, was still the same. Some of the same guys from under 18s as well. So, you know, there was a lot of guys there where you you came up and, and went through, uh, you know, went through these tournaments and a lot of big games and, and won uh, champions with championships with before. So. You know, it was a pretty tight, uh, tight-knit group going into that tournament and uh, definitely, you know, winning the silver medal before, the year before, it uh, was kind of like unfinished uh, business for everyone that, that was there that year for sure. Yeah. Uh, the chemistry on the team must have, been, uh, must have been something else at the time after you've been together for that many years. Yeah, it was just, that's the thing I look back and, and uh, you know, remember just from, from all those tournaments was just, you know, great guys, and and uh, you know everyone got a, got along really well, and uh, you know t- to be able to put a team with team together, you know people from everywhere, and and uh, it was just one of those things during the season you'd, you'd look forward to, you know, seeing all the guys again and and uh, playing together. Tell me a little bit about what it's like to be in a Team Canada dressing room with the World Juniors, and you know the amount of preparation and the amount of focus that it takes to be on that team, and kind of what the daily grind looks like when you're going through a tournament like the world juniors well i think they do a good job kind of to take away uh you know the outside distraction so it's kind of it's kind of weird to explain it's you don't even realize how you know you obviously know how big the tournament is but i mean when you're in the moment you don't uh you don't realize it you just kind of you have to treat it like any other game really mm-hmm. well it's hard to do that but <laughs> yeah you, you can't have to keep uh, it in perspective you're still playing yeah. hockey yeah yeah so it's uh and at the time you know we 
it was kind of before social media and all that stuff. So we didn't really have, uh, we didn't have too many of those distractions, but yeah, it was more kind of, we were, we were together as a group, uh, pretty much, you know, every day for, you know, by the time camp to the end of the tournament, you know, it's a good, uh, probably month and a half there. So yeah, it was just kind of staying in the moment and, uh, you know, enjoying, uh, you know, at the same time you have to enjoy it. You have to have fun and, you know, it was always a good laugh too. So it was, uh, you know, a great experience that way. Is there any particular uh, stories or funny moments that you remember? Something that stands out in your mind? Uh, I think, you know, there was quite a bit. You know, when you're you're together with with guys that long, that uh, you know things things happen that that are funny, and you got to entertain yourself. So there's you know the odd. Uh, prank and stuff like that but you know off the top of my head there, was, there wasn't anything really really too crazy but <laughs> you got to play with a 16 year old Sidney Crosby there what was that like yeah Sid Sid was a great guy I've known Sid for a long time yeah. uh you know coming up through minor hockey and uh you know doing summer camps together and uh stuff like that so no at the time it was uh you know, it was awesome to have have a couple guys from Nova Scotia, and and uh, you know, just watching watching Sid, you know, the way he carries himself, even even at that age, because uh, you know, a lot of the time, even with the media and stuff, you know, they always want to you know want to talk to Sid, and and just the way he handles that side of things, you know, as well as uh, it's pretty remarkable. I can only imagine. So you got to do some of the things that most kids dream about. Um, for me, like I remember, you know, as a kid playing hockey, you always want to make this, the, the NHL and you want to win the Stanley Cup. But even more so to throw on a Canada jersey on Boxing Day and start the World Junior Tournament. I mean, that's pretty much the Stanley Cup that in my mind when I was a kid that I wanted to accomplish. And, and congratulations, Steve, because you actually uh, you fulfilled that dream and... Uh, had a big part in a in a gold medal for Team Canada, so that's pretty amazing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's definitely something. You know, you look back at now as uh, as you get older and kind of uh, you know realize how special it was, and right. you know it's something you look at uh, you know for many years. So it's uh, no, it was a you know a huge honor. Let's take a look now after your uh, four year junior career. You were drafted by the Penguins in, in 2003, and you went to Wilkes-Barre in 2005. You played two years in, uh, with the Penguins farm team there. Tell me a little bit about that experience and uh, the grind of the AHL and the travel and you know becoming a good pro and all those things that uh, you probably learned in your two year, or your first, uh, first couple of years in the AHL. Yeah, I, uh, so I went to Wilkes-Barre and... and uh, you know, Wilkes-Barre was an awesome place to play in the American League. It's, uh, you know, if not the top spot, it's definitely one of them. They had, uh, you know, just a great rink, uh, great fans at the time. And, you know, they really treated you treated you as if you were in the NHL, just everything away from the rink and equipment. All, everything around the organization was great. And yeah, you, you kind of learn how to be a pro pretty quick, right? You, I mean, when you go in, you're... You know, you're just still kind of a kid and you know it's kind of the same when you go to junior you you kind of watch the older guys they had there we had uh elaine nazardine was our captain mm-hmm. he, uh, he ended up actually coaching the devils last year yeah that's right we had uh dennis bonvy was there and i love dennis oh uh, great guy he's yeah. a great so he, guy he was awesome with me he was you know really really took care of me and mm-hmm. him and his family they were they were great with me. He was probably, you know, the the biggest influence on me or, or the biggest help for me when, when I turned awesome pro. That's awesome to hear, man. I, I actually spent some time golfing with him and stuff in Antigonish when I was in school there. Oh, just yeah. a he's, fantastic I was actually, guy. Yeah, I was actually just talking to him last week. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. He's a guy, you know, I've stayed in, in touch with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all these years. And, and then you even see guys, uh, you know, like Max Talbot who – yeah who already played a year of pro and just watching those guys with Colby Armstrong, guys like that, that, you know, you just see, see what you have to do to, to be successful, I guess, or even, uh, you know, find a way to, 
you know, get your ice time, things like that. Because mm-hmm. the funny thing in the American League is, you know, you're a team, but at the same time, everyone's, you know, kind of competing, which which is, uh, you know, it's kind of cool at the same time. But no, I uh, I love Wilkesburg. We had some great teams there, some great coaches, and definitely learned a lot. Uh, an old friend of yours, Rob Anderson, was. Uh, he said he he was really hoping you were going to get a chance and an opportunity to uh to set up Sid in, in Pittsburgh. Tell me a little bit yeah, about Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> you said you guys would have had some good chemistry there. Uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about the opportunities that you got and do you feel like you got a fair shot when it came to um to making the big club and playing alongside of those guys in Pittsburgh? Well there's uh you know there's tons of you realize when you get to the American League there's there's a lot of a lot of really good players there and uh you know, I my three years there, you know, it went uh, pretty well. And my time in Wilkes was more of a, you know, kind of playing the defensive, uh, defensive forward role. So, uh, no, I was treated great. I mean, I would have loved to to gone up for sure to the to the NHL, but you know, as as a kid, that's kind of your dream in Canada. But you know, looking back at it, uh, just one of those things where you know, I wish it would have happened, but. I mean, there's uh, not much you can do about it, right? No, of course. And I mean, you were there, you were right there. And in your third year, you um, you went on to Portland. How did that trade happen? I know you were traded for Tim Brent, which is pretty funny, from Anaheim. And uh, you guys went on a long playoff run that year with Portland. Tell me a little bit about your final year in the AHL. Yeah, so I, I went from Pittsburgh to Anaheim, and uh, yeah, ended up in Portland. I really really enjoyed Portland. We had uh, Kevin Deneen was the coach there. He's he's a great guy. Yeah, we had a really good team in Portland. Bobby Ryan was there for okay. uh, most of the year, and yeah, we just had a really good team. I thought I thought we had a really good chance to win it all. We ended up uh, we actually lost to to Wilkes. It was Game Seven of oh, the no. the the I think it was the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals. But uh. no, we went on a nice run there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just we had a good team. Bobby was uh Bobby Ryan was so dominant. I remember I was on his line and it was one of those things where you kinda get assist in your own end just giving the puck to Bobby and <laughs> letting him go. So it's all about it was, that uh, first pass. That's right. The breako pass. <laughs> that's right. But no, it was it was cool to see a lot of those guys uh you know, go up and move on and have the success they did. Did your role change a little bit when you were in Portland? Obviously, you're playing a little bit more of an offensive role if you're on a line with Bobby Ryan. Yeah, no, Kevin uh, Kevin Deneen was great great with me. And, you know, I had a little bit more power play time, stuff like that. And, and uh, yeah, gave me the chance to play with Bobby. And uh, I think it was Jeff Platt, too, who, who turned out to have a great career, mostly in Russia. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, he gave me a good opportunity, and uh, you know, I was just—it uh, was unfortunate we uh, we lost that game in the finals because I think we would have had a good shot if we we made it to the to the league finals. After that, you uh, you decided to leave Portland and head overseas. Um, this is the start of your European tour. Um, yeah, <laughs> how did you end up in Sweden? Well, it was. It was something I didn't have planned. That's for sure. I uh, I got uh, I got a qualifying offer from Anaheim that summer, and I you know I just kind of planned on uh, you know on doing that and, and heading back uh, heading back to camp uh, in Anaheim in, in September. And uh, I remember my agent called with uh, with an offer in Sweden, and you know he thought it was. Uh, you know, a pretty good thing. And I kind of thought about it. And, but I remember in my head, I, you know, I kind of, I really liked the North, North American style of game and, you know, the physical stuff, stuff like that. And I never really thought I wanted to go to Europe at all. And then, (laughs) you know, this offer came in and, you know, the, at the time, you know, it was pretty good money and stuff. So I got talking, uh, talking to the agent and, you know, it was a, a thing for me too to, you know, work work on my skating, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe come back and have a better better opportunity. I mean, you never know, but right. Yeah, I ended up uh, I ended up taking the offer in Sweden, and 
I mean, it all happened kind of within probably five or six days. And then I was on a plane going to Sweden. I was kind of thinking, geez, I hope I made the right decision. Here, <laughs> and at, at that time, was there someone you reached out to that had been over overseas playing that maybe, you know, eased your worries a little bit and, and gave you the confidence to head over there? No, not really, to be honest. I was just, uh, you know, more talking through my agent. And, uh, you know, I knew guys uh, that went to Germany before and had great experiences, but I didn't really know anyone that went to Sweden. I just knew it had a, a reputation of, uh, you know, being being a great league over there. So, yeah, yeah it was just kind of kind of on a whim. And, uh, you know, I'm actually grateful I, I you know, kind of took that uh, took that chance and, and you know, when I got there, you know, you realize how big, uh, big hockey is in a lot of these countries, especially Sweden. I mean, they have a, they have a great league over there, treat the guys really well and great rinks, great fans. And, you know, it was a whole, whole different atmosphere. It certainly was sure. the start of a, a whirlwind ride for you. You had two years in Sweden and you were assistant captain in your second year. And then you uh, signed a contract in the KHL. How did that happen? And and how did you feel about playing uh, in Russia at the time? Yeah, they were they were great to me in Sweden. Um, same kind of thing. All those uh, when I first got there, I was the only uh, import. So okay, uh, you know, I was still fairly young, and we had some older Swedish guys, Andreas Dakal, and and uh, they were great. Uwe Malin was another guy. And the young guys, we had uh, Jacob Markstrom was in Nets. Oh, nice. The guy in Vancouver, yeah. Anders Limbach. And yeah. So they were young guys. So I was hanging out with those guys all the time. They were great guys. And, uh, yeah, what you know, after the two years, uh, I didn't, you know, part of me was thinking about uh, maybe trying to come back to North America. I didn't really know what I was going to do. And then, uh, yeah, I got a call from uh, my agent about a team in Russia and, uh, David Ling from PEI. I knew him a little bit at the time. Uh, he turned out to be a buddy of mine, actually, because I ended up going there. He was the captain of the team. So mm -hmm. it was nice to have someone to you know be able to call and knowing that he was a captain of the team was, uh, you know, that was a big, uh, kind of a big influence, I guess, or big help for me yeah. to make that decision to go there, just having that, uh, you know, someone to be familiar with. What was the grind like in, in playing in the KHL, like the travel schedule? And compared to uh, maybe your time in the AHL, what was it like? Well, the AHL, you're, you're on the bus a lot. Yeah. Um, it's not too bad in the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of close places. But, you're, I mean, you're playing the same teams a lot. But, I mean, where I went in Russia the first year, I was in uh, Amor in, in Habarovsk. And, uh, oh, man, yeah, it was crazy, like we'd fly to Moscow and it was, uh, I think it was like the same distance from like Halifax to Moscow than it was from this city to Moscow. So it was like, you're, you're basically like jet lagged the whole season. It was yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. But so, I mean, if you, if you look at it, I mean, if you're sitting on the bus, sitting on the plane, there's not much difference. The only thing is the jet lag and the time zones. Right. Really mess you up. Well, all those things that you learn along the way is like some of the guys, other people I've talked to on the podcast they always brought up being a big being a good pro and what that means and and basically it boils down to being able to suit up every night give it your best for your team when you're not always in the best shape yeah it was that was definitely a challenge there for sure you know just physically uh a lot of nights you're I mean you're lacing up your skates kind of thinking geez which way is this going to go tonight just <laughs> yeah. due to the just due to the, the long flights, right? But yeah, and the bumps and bruises I, and the grind, man. It's not. It can't be easy. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was tough that year. They they changed the the KHL actually changed their their schedule format now. Which when I went back the second time, it was a little better. It's kind of you know you're home for four games, you're on the road for four games, playing in uh, you know kind of a close proximity. So. But back then, that wasn't in place, so it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a grind. Let's let's talk about your time in Finland a little bit. Um, you get back to winning some championships here, um, but tell me a little bit about is, is, is a similar quality between Finland and and the Swedish Elite League? 
yeah, I think I think the Finnish league is uh, is definitely more North American style. It's okay. more, uh, you know, it was up and down, you know, very physical league. You know, the Finns, uh, you know, a lot of the Finns Finns play very hard, right? So it was, uh, you know, that was a great uh, a great place. Uh, I think for me, it suited suited the way I play uh, play really well. I ended up uh, I spent two years in in Pori. Mm-hmm. And for Asset and uh yeah we had a great group there with great group of import guys and uh Kari Kivy was the coach he was he was a great great guy gave us uh gave us guys a lot of opportunities and and uh you know a lot of power play time and stuff and you know the two years I was there I mean we had uh, a ton of guys end up going back to the KHL or mm-hmm. or heading to the KHL for the first time so you put up some big numbers your first stint in, in Finland. You must have been on the top line, were you? Yeah, we had uh, we had a really good power play there, actually. And uh, there was a guy, Thomas Zaborski. We we had some good chemistry. And, you know, we're just able to, to put up some numbers. And, yeah. uh, you know, especially going to Russia, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of what they're looking for. Yeah, of so course, yeah. It so gives you, you know, it just gives you that opportunity to yeah. to get back over there. So you ended up in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong how to say this, is it Tapara? Yeah, Tapara. So, Tapara, Finland. Um, then that's when you, uh, you were obviously on a really strong team there. You, were, you guys finished in second place, losing in the finals your first year there. Looks like you were brought in for the playoff run. And then the second year, uh, you ended up going all the way and winning a championship. What was that like, winning a championship in another country? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh that was a great city uh Tampere is the city so yeah they have two uh two pro teams right in the city Ilvis and Tapra and you know both teams they play out of the same rink but they both have great fans yeah it's definitely a hockey city and uh yeah going back to Finland it was uh you know it was pretty cool seeing uh there were so many good young players in the league that year and you know we had uh Patrick Line. The year we won, Line was uh, MVP of the playoffs, and wow, you know he really kind of carried the load for us. And you know it was just just cool to see that because you know as, as it was kind of when I first got to Europe, there's and in the AHL there's a little more of a you know guys kind of had to wait their turn, but I think uh, you know when when guys come along like that, it's uh, it's kind of thrown out the window, you know, probably as it should be, right? Before we move on from that, you got to tell me a little bit about what it was like to play with and watch uh, Patrick Laine do his work. Yeah, he was he was incredible. He, uh, you know, earlier in this early in the season, you were watching him, and uh, you know, knew he was a special player. And he ended up going to World Juniors that year in, in Helsinki. They won the gold, and you know, him. Uh, I think it was him, Aho, and Puljavari. They, you know, they really lit it up, and yeah. You know, then you're, you know, really, that really put him on the map. And, you know, when he came back to our team after that, he didn't, uh, he didn't slow down at all. You know, he just, he was on fire the rest of the year and, you know, really, really stepped up in playoffs. And, you know, for being so young, it was, yeah, how old was he? Pretty cool. Well, that was his draft year. So he would have been, uh, I think he would have been, he was 17 or 18. Wow. That's incredible. Must have been eight, I think it might have been 18, I think, or 17. I'm not sure, but, just yeah, the poise you know these young guys have these days. Yeah, and uh, with him too, he was so big and he wasn't scared. Uh, he didn't shy away. You know, he'd, yeah. he'd get in there and mm-hmm. play physical and scored a lot of big goals for us that year. I'd imagine. But yeah, did. we had a we had a great uh, great group of guys there. And the big thing in Sweden and Finland, which is cool, is uh, you know they're big on on team building and you know bringing the group together. So you know the team throughout the year gets pretty close and you know it always makes it uh you know it makes it fun to, to win a championship when you spend the whole year with guys i can only imagine and uh your final well now your next stop i should say was over to uh the dell what was that league like to play with and and again can you tell me a little bit of comparison as far as the level of competition between finland sweden germany yeah germany was awesome because uh you know, we had, uh, I think we had nine North Americans, and then we had a few guys with, the, you know, their grandparents or, or someone was German. So they had 
they had a German pass. So, right. you know, we had, uh, you know, a ton of North American guys, which was, you know, kind of a cool thing to go back for. That was kind of the first time since I was in the American League. It was, uh, you know, you come in, you're, you're speaking English to everybody every day, right? So yeah. that was, uh, no, that was cool. There was, you know, that's a great league in Germany, well run. Um, really treat the guys well and uh it's definitely a lot of familiar faces you know coming from my years in the AHL when I went back there so it's uh you know it's a North American style and um it's definitely I think been gaining a lot more uh notoriety over the years especially playing in uh in that Champions League where, where the German teams compete really well so I think it's definitely getting stronger Mm-hmm. So, Steve, you've been playing pro hockey now for 15 years, and you're currently playing uh, with the Cardiff Devils. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I've heard some great things about the EIHL and about their fans and about the league itself. Tell me a little bit about being, you know, maybe a little bit of an older guy there, a veteran player. You just won another championship. Uh, tell me a little bit about your experiences there and what it's like to be one of the veteran guys, you know, that people are really looking up to. Yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling now being, uh, you know, being the older guy or, or one of the older guys. It's, uh, you know, that's the one thing with hockey kind of keeps you young, you know. You're, uh, you know, you're hanging out with younger guys all the time and kind of forget forget how old you are some days. But, no, it's been a great experience. Uh, Cardiff, uh, you know, it's just been uh, just been a great city, a great organization, Uh the owners are from from Calgary, and uh, our coach uh, Andrew Lord, he's from uh, Vancouver. Just great, just a great uh, atmosphere all around the team. Great fans. Uh, Joey Haddad's over there now as well. Oh, that's so awesome! Played, Another uh, Nova Scotia boy. Yeah, he had a great year this year. Jeezy, I think he might have won the won the scoring race if things didn't uh, get canceled. But awesome. Yeah, it's nice to have Joey there, and it's uh, no, it's just been a great. A great thing for me, you know, you know, at uh, you know this stage of my career to go there and and uh, you know be able to keep playing at a at a pretty high level. It's uh, it's been great. And I know it's uh, things are a little uncertain right now, but are you planning to head back there next year? Uh yeah, I'd like to. You know, we'll see we'll see what happens. I think uh, you know there's a lot of things up in the air right now yeah. with uh, you know everything going on, but you know, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully things get going. I could probably see things being delayed at least for a little while, but you know, hopefully things get uh, back up and running because you know it's a. I think the whole league over there, the EIHL, it's uh, taken some big steps the last uh, you know five six years, and you know there's some great teams, great organizations, and you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of great players uh, making the move to the to the English league right now, which is uh, great for great for the fans there and great for the league. Well, I certainly hope everything can get back to uh, back to hockey as soon as possible, and hopefully everything will be going smooth by the time next season's ready to start. Uh, you know, yeah. I mentioned you played 15 years of pro hockey, so you've had a lot of uh, incredible teammates uh, over the years. Um, just quickly, who comes to mind when I ask you who's the hardest working player you ever played with? Geez, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, there's been uh, you know so many so many hardworking guys that you you see over the years, and I think probably for me the geez, I guess there's too many to name, but there's I remember when I went to Lulia in Sweden, we had the uh, the Abbott twins there, and those guys, uh, yeah, those guys were animals. They were they were go go go. They worked really hard and really carved out great careers for themselves in Sweden. It'd be probably impossible for you to name the best player you've ever played with, with the likes of the guys that you've been with. But let's talk about leadership for a sec. You probably played with, uh, I don't know, countless NHL captains, current NHL captains. Who was the guy that stands out uh, in the room as being, you know, one of the, the greatest leaders and somebody that you really looked up to? Yeah, I think definitely look back at the, those world junior teams. There was, you know, great. Uh, basically, the whole room was was full of leaders. You know, you look at guys like uh, Crosby and Getzlaff and Richards, and 
Phaneuf and Pye. I mean, Talbot. There's just, I mean, Bergeron. There's so many guys to name. And, you know, I think uh, in a tournament like that, it's uh, kind of inevitable. Everyone kind of takes on a, on a leadership role. And I think for me, you know, going pro my first couple years there and, you know, looking up to the older guys, we had, you know, Lane Nazardine was a, was a great captain and, and Dennis Bonvey and these guys, Tyler Bauck you know older guys that you know played countless years pro and and uh you know just worked hard every day so being able to watch those guys early on in my pro career was a great uh great thing for me as well yeah certainly was and uh probably made you become the leader that you are now and why can't uh, can we talk a little bit about um some programs or things that you're involved in over the years i mean Hockey players always seem to be in the middle of giving back and doing good things in the community. Can you talk about some of the things that you've done, some of the things that you're proud of over your career? Yeah, there's especially in, in Cardiff the the last couple of years. There's, they have a you know big big footprint in the community. So, I mean, we were uh, you know we were going to events in schools uh, you know every couple of weeks. So that was uh, that was a great great stuff the team did there with with countless uh charities and stuff and uh you know when i was younger i had the the chance with uh did some stuff with the special olympics and that was that was a great experience for me and uh, you know moving forward uh you know especially i think as the career you know winds down or when when it comes to an end will be uh definitely more things you'll you'll look to get into for sure oh for sure and uh, I can't let you go here without talking a little bit about the current state of hockey in the NHL. What are your What are your opinions on what's What's going to happen here if we If we end up going back to a shortened season? Do you think uh, the playoff format options that they're talking about what's What's ringing a bell in your ears? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I I, I saw something. Uh, what was it? They're looking for like the 24 teams. Was it? Yeah, there could be a 24 teams with a play in. There could be a round robin type tournament, like a bracket. I mean, I'm I'm hearing a lot of a lot of uh, veteran players chiming in about, you know, keeping the integrity of the Stanley Cup, and you know, it takes 16 games to win the cup, and it's the hardest cup to win. Some of these things are coming yeah. up, you know, like those other guys who have their names on the cup. You, it'd be hard to to win a bracket tournament and then put your name beside those. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I mean, it's uh, you think how hard uh, those guys have worked over the years to to win those cups and i mean you'd hate to if you're one of those guys i don't know if you'd, you'd want to watch uh, a team be rewarded the cup for for winning a tournament style uh yeah. tournament style type of deal but yeah i i probably i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna go back with the hockey i think you'd kind of have to have to kind of run the full playoffs i think or i'd like yeah. to see that but i'm not really sure what what the options are so it's a pretty fine line i think they're trying to decide now like how important it is to actually just finish the season and say there's a winner and how important it is to to maintain the intact the integrity of the stanley cup playoffs yeah it's uh definitely be a tough uh tough decision with everything going on yeah so hopefully we'll get to see something happen throughout the summer. Steve, uh, I really want to thank you. You've had such an amazing hockey career and uh, a lot of great stories to tell. And I hope uh, I wish you nothing but the best in the future. And hopefully you'll be back on skate soon in Cardiff and, and leading them to another championship next year. Yeah, we hope so. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Will you stick around for some overtime questions? Yeah, sure. All yeah. right. Overtime is brought to you by... Yardley Brothers Beer. Got yourself some spicy chicken wings or delicious pizza? What better way to wash it down than with some Yardley Brothers Beer? That's right, folks. We're stoked to have Yardley Brothers Beer as one of our sponsors. These guys are known for their scrumptious sour beers, as well as loads of other delicious brews like Lama Island IPA, Hong Kong Bastard Imperial Ale, Quit Your Job Saison, and my favorite, Machine Man Pale Ale. Want to get some of this delicious stuff inside your belly? You can find it at the Globe, Hill 65, Roundhouse, or Lama Grill. Well, heck, even swing by City Super or the Wanch. They got some bottles there. Find yourself wandering over on Lama Island? Yardley Brothers even have a beer shack over there. 
The new location is even closer to the Ferry Pier. They'll be serving cold pints from November. Visit their website for more information at yarleybrothers.hk. Overtime! <laughs> All right, Steve, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 rapid-fire questions or one-timers, followed by one final bonus question for our listeners. Are you ready? Yep. Crosby or McDavid? Uh, Crosby. Nordiques or Whalers? Nordiques. Price or Rask? Uh, price. Brashear or McSorley? Uh, McSorley. Ovechkin or Malkin? Ovechkin. Lindros or Neely? Uh, geez, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, I liked... Uh, I always like Neely. <laughs> All right. Scott Stevens or Wendell Clark? Wendell Clark. Matt Sundin or Peter Forsberg? Uh, I like Sundin, but I was a big Forsberg fan growing up, so I'll go Forsberg. Pierre Maguire or Kelly Rudy? Pierre Maguire. Fighting or no fighting? Fighting. Finally, your team has a penalty shot in overtime, game seven of the Stanley Cup finals from any era, from any team. Who's taking the shot? Jeez. Probably go. I don't know. I like uh, I like watching Patty Keene on the shootouts. Not a bad choice. He's pretty slick, but there's a lot of good ones, but he's pretty slick. There you have it, folks. From Stephen Dixon, Patrick Kane has taken the shot. All right, Steve, thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it. I hope you can uh, stay in shape and, and, and manage to get through this pandemic and uh, come out on the other side and get back to Cardiff and win another championship. Yeah, thanks a lot. You're very welcome. That was Across the Pond, and that's a wrap. All right, thank you to our amazing sponsors. As always, The Big Bite. Yardley Brothers Beer, Ben Marin's Photography, Sunset Studio, Print House Limited, and Asia Sports Tech. Finally, thank you to Lauren Orris and Fiona Chow, who have helped us as advisors and liaisons to Hong Kong's hockey world. To support the podcast, check out our amazing merchandise on our website at acrossthepondhk.com. Check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Across the Pond HK. All right, dude. Yeah, how's that? Was all right, eh? <laughs>